Hello, friends. I'm Pastor Pitts Evans. Welcome to the Whole Word Podcast. Let's get right to the Word of God. Friends, I'm about to read a long chapter, but it's a very important chapter. It talks about the rules for a Sabbath year, and it details the year of Jubilee. This chapter is the longest and most detailed compilation of rules and the policies concerning the year of Jubilee. So as I read this chapter, just pay attention to uh, the things said about Sabbath years and specifically the year of Jubilee. Leviticus chapter 25, the Lord said to Moses at Mount Sinai, speak to the Israelites and say to them, when you enter the land I'm going to give you, the land itself must observe a Sabbath to the Lord. For six years, sow your fields, and for six years, prune your vineyards and gather their crops. But in the seventh year, the land is to have a year of Sabbath rest, a Sabbath to the Lord. Do not sow your fields or prune your vineyards. Do not reap what grows of itself or harvest the grapes of your untended vines. The land is to have a year of rest. Whatever the land yields during the Sabbath year will be food for you, for yourself, your male and female servants, and the hired worker and temporary resident who live among you, as well as for your livestock and the wild animals in your land. Whatever the land produces may be eaten. Count off seven Sabbath years, seven times seven years, so that the seventh Sabbath years amount to a period of 49 years. Then have the trumpet sounded everywhere on the tenth day of the seventh month on the Day of Atonement. Sound the trumpet throughout your land. Consecrate the fiftieth year and proclaim liberty throughout the land to all of its inhabitants. It shall be a jubilee for you. Each of you is to return to your family property and to your own clan. The fiftieth year shall be a jubilee for you. Do not sow and do not reap what grows of itself or harvest the untended vines. For it is a jubilee and it is to be holy for you. Eat only what is taken directly from the fields. In this year of jubilee, everyone is to return to their own property. If you sell land to any of your own people or buy land from them, do not take advantage of each other. You are to buy from your own people on the basis of the number of years since the Jubilee, and they are to sell to you on the basis of the number of years left for harvesting crops. When the years are many, you are to increase the price, and when the years are few, you are to decrease the price, because what is really being sold to you is the number of crops. Do not take advantage of each other, but fear your God. I am the Lord your God. Follow my decrees and be careful to obey my laws, and you will live safely in the land. Then the land will yield its fruit, and you will eat your fill and live there in safety. You may ask, what will we eat in the seventh year if we do not plant or harvest our crops? I will send you such a blessing in the sixth year that the land will yield enough for three years. While you plant during the eighth year, You will eat from the old crop and will continue to eat from it until the harvest of the ninth year comes in. The land must not be sold permanently, because the land is mine, and you reside in my land as foreigners and strangers. Throughout the land that you hold as a possession, 
you must provide for the redemption of the land. If one of your fellow Israelites becomes poor and sells some of their property, their nearest relative is to come and redeem what they have sold. If, however, there is no one to redeem it for them, but later on they prosper and acquire sufficient means to redeem it themselves, then they are to determine the value for the years since they sold it and refund the balance to the one to whom they sold it. They can then go back to their own property. But if they do not acquire the means to repay, what was sold will remain in the possession of the buyer until the year of Jubilee. It will be returned in the Jubilee, and they can then go back to their property. Anyone who sells a house in a walled city retains the right of redemption a full year after its sale. During that time, the seller may redeem it. If it is not redeemed before a full year has passed, the house in the walled city shall belong permanently to the buyer and to the buyer's descendants. It is not to be returned during the Jubilee. But houses and villages without walls around them are to be considered as belonging to the open country. They can be redeemed, and they are to be returned in the Jubilee. The Levites always have the right to redeem their houses in the Levitical towns which they possess. So the property of the Levites is redeemable, that is, a house sold in any town they hold, and is to be returned in the Jubilee, because the houses in the towns of the Levites are their property among the Israelites. But the pasture land belonging to their towns must not be sold. It is their permanent possession. If any of your fellow Israelites become poor and are unable to support themselves among you, help them as you would a foreigner and a stranger so that they can continue to live among you. Do not take interest or any profit from them But fear your God, so that they may continue to live among you. You must not lend them money at interest, or sell them food at a profit. I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of Egypt, to give you the land of Canaan, and to be your God. If any of your fellow Israelites became poor, and sell themselves, do not make them work as slaves. They are to be treated as hired workers, or temporary residents among you. They are to work for you until the year of Jubilee. Then they and their children are to be released, and they will go back to their own clans and to the property of their ancestors. Because the Israelites are my servants, whom I brought out of Egypt, they must not be sold as slaves. Do not rule over them ruthlessly, but fear your God. Your male and female slaves are to come from the nations around you. From them you may buy slaves." You may also buy some of the temporary residents living among you and members of their clans born in your country, and they will become your property. You can bequeath them to your children as inherited property, and you can make them slaves for life, but you must not rule over your fellow Israelites ruthlessly. If a foreigner residing among you becomes rich, and any of your fellow Israelites becomes poor and sell themselves to the foreigner, or to a member of the foreigner's clan, they retain the right of redemption after they have sold themselves. One of their relatives may redeem them. An uncle or a cousin or any blood relative in their clan may redeem them. Or, if they prosper, they may redeem themselves. They 
and their buyer are to count the time from the year they sold themselves up to the year of Jubilee. The price for their release is to be based on the rate paid to a hired worker for that number of years. If many years remain, they must pay for their redemption a larger share of the price paid for them. If only a few years remain until the year of Jubilee, they are to compute that and pay for their redemption accordingly. They are to be treated as workers hired from year to year. You must see to it that those to whom they owe service do not rule over them ruthlessly. Even if someone is not redeemed in any of these ways, they and their children are to be released in the year of Jubilee. For the Israelites belong to me as servants. They are my servants who I brought out of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. Well, as I said, friends, it is a very long chapter, and I read it in its entirety. But I do have a few comments. In verse 1, it says, The Lord said to Moses, Speak to the Israelites and say to them, When you enter the land, I'm going to give you the land and it must observe a Sabbath to the Lord. Now think about this. The land must observe a Sabbath uh, rest. And so the Lord gave them specifics, you know, the seventh year, uh, the land's to rest, you don't plant fields and so forth. This idea of a Sabbath rest for the land every seventh year was extremely unusual. In fact, the Jews did not carefully observe it. And so ultimately, they did not rest the land every seventh year because it must have seemed too hard to them for the Lord to make provision for the period of time that would be required without them working the land. And so they accumulated many, many years of what should have been Sabbath rest that went unobserved. Now, this ultimately brought them to a place of judgment. And the prophet Jeremiah said that they would be in bondage for 70 years to the Babylonians. They would be expelled from the land. And Chronicles attributes this to the land not having its Sabbaths. Let me read to you from 2 Chronicles chapter 36, verse 20. Nebuchadnezzar carried into exile to Babylon the remnant who escaped from the sword, and they became servants to him and his successors until the kingdom of Persia came to power. Verse 21, the land enjoyed its Sabbath rest. All of the time of its desolation, it rested until the 70 years were completed in fulfillment of the word of the Lord spoken by Jeremiah. And so this directly attributes the conquest of Babylon over Israel to their failure to observe these seven-year cycles of Sabbath rest on the seventh year. Think about that. And then we have the regulations for the year of Jubilee. The year of Jubilee was a another rest that was to occur every 50 years. Once again, this was never practiced. It was intended to foreshadow the ultimate messianic kingdom that would come. It began on the Day of Atonement. It was a, a year of freedom for all of the Jewish people. All of their property returned to them. All of the indentured serviture ended on the year of Jubilee. And so the Lord made provision for this, as I said, to presage the Messianic kingdom or heaven itself, if you will. Only a kinsman redeemer could redeem the family property or the person from slavery. This, of course, foreshadows the work of Christ. And so ultimately, Jesus is our Sabbath rest. Ultimately, Jesus is our Jubilee. 
Ultimately, these things foreshadow Jesus and the finished work that he would bring and complete at the cross. And the time we have yet before us when we'll spend eternity with him, first in his messianic kingdom, ultimately in heaven, in glory. And so, Lord, we thank you for the Sabbath year. We thank you for the year of Jubilee. We thank you that these things foreshadow our time in eternity together with you and with Jesus, your precious son. We bless you now. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Whole Word. It was brought to you by Whole Word Fellowship and the Northern Virginia House of Prayer. If you were encouraged, please share our podcast with your friends. We'd also appreciate it if you'd hit subscribe in your favorite podcast app and take a few moments to write a review. If you'd like more information on our church and our ministry, you can go to wholeword.net or wholewordpodcast.com for more information. Thank you again, and may the Lord Jesus bless you today and always.